I have Ryan Kleckner on the show. He's a former special ops sniper, a columnist at The Federalist, and he's also an arms attorney. Stay tuned. Hi, Ryan, and uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. What is your experience uh, with, with weapons? Wow. I uh, started shooting and hunting at a very young age. Uh, grew up with a big outdoors family, so I had a lot of experience then. Got a lot more professional experience when I joined the military. Uh, ended up going to uh, First Ranger Battalion, and I was a special operations sniper in the U.S. Army. Deployed a couple times to Afghanistan and left, and I became a sniper instructor for government-contracted courses after that. And I've been teaching and shooting and writing all about shooting ever since. That, that's a pretty extensive experience there. Um, I've always I've always loved the uh, the stories of the sniper and old uh, war stories and even modern uh, war stories. I've I've always often heard that they're the most hated by the enemy because uh, they're the most yeah. right. I mean that's what I've heard. When the enemy can't get rid of the sniper when it's shooting at uh, when he's shooting at you from a distance and he can't find you. So he's they're always very aggravated. And when they finally get the sniper. They're happy about it. They're like, yeah, we finally got them. They treat them very poorly when they do get caught. That That is true. So there's a couple truths about being a sniper, and one of them is it's the most over-romanticized job, meaning everyone thinks it's the coolest job until you get out there and you're laying on your belly for a day and a half straight. It's not so fun then. How but, many how many kill how many kills do you have, if you don't mind uh, uh, sharing that? Not important. I mean, I, to me anyway, it's not not a not a discussion. I'll I'll, I'll get into if you don't mind. Okay. Um, okay, so what do you think uh, about people who, say, who point at the current movie, The Joker, and say we have to have stricter gun laws to, to uh, prevent crazy people uh, from shooting up theaters? Well, there's two topics there. So one's the movie The Joker, um, which I'm happy to discuss. And I think the non-related call is the call to uh, ban or restrict guns, because I think that call to ban or restrict guns is coming independent of of the newest movie, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, people have said that though. I mean, I, I completely make the the distinction between those two things. But you know, what do you say to people who do think that those two things are uh, are melded together? Uh, well, I'd like to start with: we all want less gun violence. Um, matter of fact, if you don't want less gun violence, I can't have a conversation with you. So I'm just I, I have to assume that we all come from the same spot: is that we don't want innocent people harmed with guns. And I agree with you 100% on that. Um, we just disagree on the method on how it should be done, or we disagree on how we rank violence. Like, for example, I just said gun violence a couple times, and that's what most people will come at. And they say, well, we got a problem with, with gun violence, and we need to ban guns to stop that. And I'm going to say something that most people don't expect me to say, which is, yeah, ban guns. You might, maybe, probably will reduce gun violence. Now, I say gun bans won't work because you're going to have other types of violence. So you look at Australia, you look at London, you look at places like that where they've already banned firearms. Gun violence went down. It, it's, it makes sense. You take most of the guns away, except some are still going to remain, but you take a lot of the guns away, gun violence will go down. But other violence goes up, and that's what everyone ignores. And so I like to also start a debate or a conversation with someone that way, as I like to say, hey, does... Does all violence matter? Would you like to reduce all violence or just gun violence? Because if you want to reduce all violence, then taking away somebody's best tool to defend themselves doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, 
the other problem I have with, with banning guns is I just look at the history of like the places I mentioned, look at Chicago, look at all these other laws that are in place that didn't stop the shooters. So whether it's from Aurora, whether it's for, you're talking about movie theaters, where we're talking about schools, we already have very strict laws, many of which have been broken by these shooters. If the penalty for the law against murder is not enough to prevent someone from doing it, then I don't understand how a lesser penalty about guns is going to stop them. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Uh, you've, I've noticed, um, you know, I've lived in L.A. I grew up in L.A., and I also grew up in uh, in Texas. I mean, I also lived in Texas for a while, and I saw the difference uh, with people's perception of what guns are. You know, in L.A., people's perception of guns is, hey, the, only the bad people have guns. And when I lived in Texas, it's only the good people really had guns. And <laughs> yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a striking uh, difference in what people, how people perceive uh, guns. Um, so do you think more background checks pre- prevent uh, gun violence? Like if we were to get more background checks, stricter ones, would that prevent gun violence? I don't, and that's the hardest uh, of all the gun arguments for me to argue. That's really the hardest one because it's a tough, close call. It's hard for most rational people to try and argue why more background checks wouldn't be better. So I'm going to try anyway. My problem with more background checks is it effectively creates a national firearms registry the way all the laws have been written so far. And that's what I'm against. I mean, I don't ever want someone who shouldn't have a gun to have a gun. But uh, putting a background check out there is kind of like saying, in my opinion, you have to have a background check before you're allowed to buy a meth. I don't think that's going to stop the use and incidence and possession of meth just by making a background check on it. Um, and I really get scared when we start talking about federal registry type things. I, I try not to wear a tinfoil hat, but it comes down to what anyone thinks the Second Amendment is for. So if you believe the Second Amendment is just That's for hunting. That's my next question, actually. So what is the uh, Second Amendment for? I think it's to be able to defend yourself. Um, and I think it's the have the ability to overthrow a potentially tyrannical government. And that sounds scary to say, but that's when it was written and, and, and why it was written at the time. I um, thought for some reason it was for uh, uh, duck hunting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so when people make the analogies there, I, I would actually make a really unpopular argument, which is uh, the only guns that aren't protected by the Second Amendment are likely those that are only suitable for hunting. You know, when I hear people say, you don't need that for deer hunting, therefore you shouldn't need that rifle. I, I take the unpopular opinion that says, actually, if it's just for deer hunting, maybe the Second Amendment doesn't protect it because it has nothing to do with hunting. Maybe the, the Second Amendment only protects those guns that would be suitable. And I understand some people are so obsessed with uh, assault-looking weapons like the AR-15, uh, but the gun or the rifle they don't pay attention to is like a 12-gauge shotgun, which is a pretty brutal uh, pretty pr- brutal rifle, uh, which I would even say it, it, you might get a worse injury from uh, from a direct hit with one of those. Yeah, possibly. You're right. There's a lot more muzzle energy for sure. Um, so the AR-15, it's, it has mythical status because it looks scary. I get it. It can fire um, more rounds than some other rifles before you need to reload. I get that too. And it has those scary quote-unquote assault weapon features. But the AR-15 shoots a two two three caliber bullet. And for people that don't know, the numbers that you hear in a caliber 
are the nominal diameter of the bullet. That's the part that goes flying out. Not the case, but just the bullet that goes flying out. So a 9mm pistol shoots a bullet that's 9mm diameter. A 223 bullet shoots a bullet that is 0.223 inches in diameter. If you know it's what a 22 small. is, yeah. very small. I mean, if anyone knows what a 22 rifle is, there's something that kids can go plinking with, you can learn when you're growing up. Little tiny rifle. That's 0.22 inches. It is three thousandths of an inch bigger than that. Now, it's going much, much faster. But when we're talking about lethality, no, it is not the most lethal. Matter of fact, go back to hunting. There are many states that ban two two three caliber from hunting because it's too small to be effective to make a, a humane or ethical kill. So it's, it's a popular gun because it's ergonomic. The stock can be adjusted to fit smaller shooters. The recoil is very light. It's fairly easy to, to safely operate. That's why it's popular. And uh, other guns, that, that hunting rifle that people talk about, has a lot more power and can cause a lot more damage than a two two three can. And so why do you think politicians, knowing all this stuff, knowing these facts, these obvious facts that most people, if they take five minutes to do research on, on guns, why do you think politicians tell us that we don't need guns? Well, um, man, I'm just going to say all the unpopular things today. I, that's one of the arguments against democracy. And trust me, I love democracy. But one of the arguments against democracy is that politicians say whatever they think they can say to get votes and not necessarily focus on being the best leaders they can be uh, for the country. So I think that we have one, one side of the political aisle that says, uh, if I come out against guns, it's popular for people that want to vote for me and I need votes. And so I really don't think the calculus that goes into the issue is uh, them waking up and saying, how could I possibly keep America the safest? Their first and foremost thought is, how can I get enough votes to get into power? So Every place we have these mass shootings, almost every place, I just overstated it, so almost every place, virtually every place there's ever been a mass shooting, is a gun-free zone. It's where guns have been banned. Aurora, the shopping malls, schools, uh, the Navy Yard, uh, Fort Hood, all these places are where guns are banned, where there's unarmed victims, and it's easy for the shooter to get away with what they're doing. Now, if more guns meant more crime, which it does not, you would see these shootings happening at gun shows. You would see these shootings happening where guns are the most common. Instead, you almost only see these shootings where guns are the least common. So clearly taking the guns away doesn't work. Just ask Chicago. Just ask New York City. That's actually some of the worst places. And I, I propose that gun laws are a minority rights issue and a women's rights issue. I mean, the first gun laws in our country were to suppress former slaves from being able to defend themselves. And when it comes to women... I'm 225 pounds, 6'2". A small-framed woman probably isn't going to be able to fight me very well. But if someone my size were to attack her, or even a, a small-framed man, they may not have much of a chance against someone that size unless they have a tool to help defend themselves. And I think a firearm is, is the best form of, of defense. And... What can Matter of fact, if it wasn't, why, why do cops carry it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a good point that you made earlier about, you know, places where they have lots of guns, you know, the, you would have more violence. But in fact, we don't like uh, police stations have very little, if not zero gun violence Correct. amongst themselves. And also, what can schools do, in your opinion, to prevent mass shootings? Well, they can better secure their schools. Uh, they can... In employ SROs, you know, school resource officers for police officers that are there. And when it comes down to it, I think that schools are so underprepared. Uh, I'm not sure if 
you follow the firearms industry much, know who Kyle Lamb is. Uh, I do. Oh, you do? All right. Well, he and I made um, a company to try and help protect schools. So I don't know if you were throwing me that softball or not, but... It was a softball. All right. Thanks, man. I, well, I, that was my kind of asking permission to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't want to shamelessly away. plug. Uh, we think that in all emergencies, not just mass shootings, that there... Uh, the problem isn't necessarily just the shooter or the tornado or the ice storm or the whatever's going on or the fire. The problem that we see that causes uh, so many needless lives lost is the chaos and confusion during emergencies. And what ends up happening is people are wondering things like, what's going on? Where is it happening? What am I supposed to do about it? Who is safe? Who needs help? All these questions ring through everyone's head. And you're on your own for quite a while until the police get there and first responders get there. And then when they do get there, they have the exact same questions that you were having. So we made a tool that is a half smartphone app and half cloud-based dashboard that allows schools and first responders and churches and businesses to send out clear, simple alerts and have clear communication. And the best way I can describe it is if you've ever seen a military movie where they have that tactical operations center where the room is always a little too dark where the yeah. general's in there, you know, t- t- trying to look at the mission up on this big screen on the wall, and there's all these dots on the satellite image. Well, we made that for real. And that's what these organizations get and law enforcement can get to see exactly uh, where everybody is and the status of everybody and whether the rooms are locked down or not, things like that. So we're, we're trying our best because I don't like I'm, – I'm critical of my side of the aisle, the, the pro-gun side, when they say banning guns won't work, and then they just stop talking. It's like, well, guys, you're actually doing something. About yeah, you, you can't say banning guns doesn't work. You have to say maybe this will. You know, not, nobody likes just a, a naysayer. Let's come up with some solutions and try and fix them. And is this app available in uh, Android and uh, iOS? It is. And because we're doing it, what we think for the right reasons is we decided the app is free for everyone in the world. So we track our top 90 countries that use it right now. And third place is actually Pakistan in the country list. Interesting. Because people around the world have realized that even in America, where we have a good 911 system compared to the rest of the world, 911 doesn't know where you're actually at. It's not like the movies. They can't triangulate to the street corner. Matter of fact, they have a hard time getting within a quarter mile of your cell phone signal, even by the time they get the information from the cell phone signal. So Uber knows where you're at better than the ambulance does. So we said, you know, let's make this free. So families can add their families in there. And whenever they are around the world and they have trouble, they can tap this button and everyone in their family gets an instant immediate alert with the exact location. So you're not playing in this guessing game if you need help. That is really impressive. I really like that, especially because I have a technology background. And uh, I really, really appreciate that kind of technology to save lives, especially. Well, thanks. Um, privacy is a big concern of ours, too. I mean, the lawyer side of me is so scared about privacy that we had to do a lot of extra work uh, to not even have a database of updates of where somebody's at. So we actually waste about a half of a second in the alert because I refuse to have our system track where people are. We actually had, unfortunately, a mom about three weeks ago uh, write us in our online chat form that said her daughter was missing and they can't find her and they needed our help to tell her where she was at because they used Mayday. I had to reply, I'm sorry. Uh, When we say we have no idea where you're at, we really mean it. We cannot track you unless you send out an alert. So... It's sad in that scenario, but it's very important to me that I don't have access. There's not a database out there tracking where your family is. Now, do you think people should be required uh, to take training courses before they purchase a gun? Ugh, that's a tough one. 
So here's why it's a tough one. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a lawyer answer, which is I'm going to answer both sides and none at the same time. So the part of me that says yes is because uh, this is the reason why I loathe going to a public range. I'm, I'm nervous about not knowing who's there and what level of safety they have with firearms. I wish there was much, much, much more safety training for firearms. I am, I am constantly appalled at the, the safe storage and safe handling of firearms. And I think people need to be much better about it and need to have better safety training. That being said, the libertarian in me doesn't like mandating anything. So if you mandate it, you run into a problem of who gets to determine the standard. But the libertarian in me says, oh, when you start requiring it, that makes me pretty darn nervous because who gets to decide what the standard is? So although I strongly encourage and hope everybody would get safety training, I can't force people to. You know, For example, uh, for a while, Chicago, for to get a concealed weapons permit, you had to take a class at a range within the Chicago, Chicago city limits. That was the rules they had in the city. Well, there were no ranges in the city limits. So by making a mandatory safety requirement, they effectively made it impossible to get a, to get a CCW. So that, that's the part that scares me is anytime the government mandates anything, I get my hackles up. But then when it comes to should people be safer and how they store and use guns? Yeah, I think they should. Yeah. Uh, I think of, uh, uh, do you remember a few years ago, there was a little girl that was uh, shooting a, an Uzi. And the Uzi overpowered her, and she shot the the trainer. Uh, that was that was a pretty sad. I think he died, right? Yes, he did. I remember that for sure. Um, so, machine guns are a great example. You know, I, I hear so many guys are guilty of this a lot. They want to take their girlfriend out shooting or their wife out shooting, and so they give them the biggest, most powerful gun they can just to laugh at the recoil. That's stupid. If you're going to take someone, teach them how to shoot. Go take a twenty-two. Take something very low recoil. It's not very loud. Teach them safe firearms handling range you know practice before you get a squirt gun and have them practice the squirt gun keeping their finger off the trigger not pointing at anybody and once they learn the basic safety rules then start small i'm guilty of that actually i've taken a girlfriend out uh with a shotgun uh, yeah that was fun though i'll be honest i, I might have done the same thing too with a new shooter just to be like aha yeah check that out but if you start small and you teach them the safety rules well and you don't spend too long at the range, they might actually enjoy it and want to come back with you. You know, And machine guns, I love machine guns. I, I have machine guns. But I'm reluctant to let a new shooter shoot a machine gun because if the machine gun starts to get out of control, a new shooter is going to grab the gun harder. And by having the gun harder, they're going to keep the trigger held to the rear so the gun's going to keep going. It takes a disciplined shooter to let go to make the gun stop. So yeah. What about crazies at, at ranges? I mean, like, uh, do you remember Chris Kyle, who, how he was shot, uh, by that guy, Chad, it's a, uh, it's a horrible, horrible thing. How do you, you know, what about mental illness, the element of mental illness with, uh, within guns? I'm going to say, make the same hedge I did before who decides the mental illness. So when it comes to red flag laws, I'm pretty against them because of how they could easily, they can be abused. However, you give me the chance in any mass shooting we've ever had, to go minutes or hours or days before the shooting occurred and take that person's guns away, I would do it every time. But it's easy to say because I know that turned into a bad situation. I'm not all about taking guns away from somebody because they've just been accused of something. However, as a community, uh, we need to come together and be more accountable as families and friends to report when we think things are really going on. And if we are going to take guns away from people that are not mentally stable to handle firearms, which we should, we need to do it with due process. I mean, we, we take 
freedom away from people if they uh, are a danger to themselves or society. Surely we can take firearms away as well, but we just got to be careful in how we implement it. Now, um, say a homeowner owns a home that's three bedrooms and uh, he wants to purchase a gun for, for home protection. What do you, do you recommend an AR-15, a shotgun or a handgun? What, what's your opinion on that? So all three have their pros and cons. I, my easy answer is whatever they can afford and are comfortable practicing with and shooting. Um, handguns can be handy because they can be operated with one hand and keep the other hand free to be calling 911 or uh, getting your children safe. However, handguns can be difficult to aim at night, especially. Uh, they are the hardest of all the three guns to shoot by far. Why they, is they, that? They take well, one's the sight radius. Your sights are so close together, it's really hard to keep them lined up. The other is there's nothing else supporting the gun. So it's easy with poor trigger control or movement to have the gun move completely off the target. Um, kind of like imagine holding a laser point in your hand and trying to hold it perfectly still. It's fine as long as you're holding perfectly still. But the second you need to make the thing click or you need to move or the, the target is moving, it's very difficult to use. Whereas most people can picture, I don't know, taking a broomstick and putting a broomstick in their shoulder and pointing the broom at something, it's very easy and intuitive to point the broom and not have to aim too hard. So it's it's much easier to aim. It's also easier to manage the recoil with a rifle. That's what your you know the, the buttstock is for with the shoulder. So AR-15s are actually great home defense weapons because they're so ergonomic, because they are so light recoiling. But some people usually bring concerns of uh, the, the projectiles going through walls and hitting neighbors. So an AR-15, most two two three rounds will penetrate less than a pistol round, believe it or not. So two two three going through drywall breaks apart pretty darn well, where even 9mm, a 9mm handgun bullet can actually travel further in some situations through house walls than a rifle. Interesting. Okay. So, yes, that's always a concern. That's absolutely always a concern. And I don't care if you have a, a special bullet that you think is not going to penetrate walls. It can go out the window. There could be the wrong person in your house. You, you have to be responsible with it, and you can't bring any single bullet back. That's but, a good point. You know, wh whatever you are comfortable with, uh, that, that's what you got. So handgun, it's handy. If you're on a budget and you can only have one type of firearm, that might be a good one to have because you might be able to conceal carry it and be comfortable with it and have it for home defense. A rifle can be very good too, but might be too much for some people. But the rifles are nice because it's easy to put a flashlight on them. It's easy to to, to aim and use. Uh, and shotguns are very handy in basic firearms too. They're just not a um, perfect solution like many people think they are like out of the movies. Like I hear people all the time in gun shops say, oh, you don't even need to aim a shotgun. No, not true. I mean a shotgun with buckshot down the distance of even most residential hallways is only going to spread out to about six or eight inches. So you still need to aim, um, but that can be a very effective uh, home defense tool as well. Um, the only reason I, I usually think it's a good idea for people to get training is not is not because um, uh, it's really more because to protect yourself from what the law says is overkill when you are defending yourself. I've seen lots of cases where people rightfully defend themselves against an aggressor, mm -hmm. but they shoot the person one too many times, and then they, you know, they're legally in a bind. That's the only reason I think it's a good idea uh, for me, really. Yeah, um, it's it's good to worry about all these angles and to be aware of all of them. However, I think that those are pretty overhyped in our community. Honestly, um, they happen; they're very real, um, but. I try to keep things simple, and if you, if your life or uh, your loved one's life is an immediate threat of, of loss, of a serious danger, grievous bodily harm or danger, and you need to defend yourself, 
then you can use deadly force until the threat is gone. Okay. I, I, I don't see any problem at all with, oh, they shot five too many times. Um, if they have a good lawyer and if it's, they're able to articulate, honestly, hey, I was scared for my life and it, it was that moment I had to shoot. You know, not, We're not taking warning shots. We're not afraid that something might happen. It's, nope, right now the line's been crossed. It's either me or them and they're attacking me. Uh, defend yourself. I mean, the way I see it, if someone enters your house without... Uh, you know, and burglarizes your house, uh, they're willing to kill you or harm you, and uh, all bets are off at that point. I'm not... I don't disagree with you, but I don't go as far. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. Really? So if someone's in your house and you're with your family, you wouldn't... You wouldn't. You wouldn't what would you do? Would you just I shoot them? Would. To... Nope, I probably would. I just... I don't go as far because it's... I'm not accusing you of doing this. I just need to be careful not to have absolutes, right? So I, I hear people all the time say... Uh, because they concealed carry, you know, man, if, if someone tried to sneak up behind me while I was getting in my truck and trying to take my truck, man, I would spin around like this and I would shoot them. No, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, yeah, yeah no. exactly. I say, you know, maybe, um, maybe I would, uh, maybe I wouldn't, maybe I would turn around and hand up my keys and say, enjoy. I mean, property is never worth taking someone's life over. That's uh, a good point. Uh, I don't care how much of an idiot that person is. It's still a human life and you still will rip a part of your soul apart by taking another human life. That's a really good point. That's a so, very good point that, uh, that I think people should definitely consider when, when they're going to um, take someone's life in a situation of self-defense. Um, however, um, you know, sometimes in, uh, there, there are stories where people are, you know they don't they don't want to go all the way and uh, they get ta- their lives get taken yeah. away and their families get Absolutely. harmed. Stuff, You're right. So. You should think in advance what that line is for you. And when that line gets crossed, it's time to defend yourself. And if the line's not crossed, so I I'll overstate it this way. I believe that a situation exists that you should be able to take a punch in the face, or maybe even someone having someone spit in your face and still not pull out. Oh your yeah, gun. definitely. I'm not saying all the It's time. a last 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 resort for me too. Correct. I'm yeah. saying you should be able to imagine even how crazy a scenario it is, a possible scenario where you, that happens and your ego is such that you can walk away. Now, that doesn't mean I think you should let people do that to you. I'm just saying to take it to the extreme example, you need to only have that line crossed when your life or serious bodily harm is in danger or someone you love. And if it's not, you know, if, if someone came up and smacked me in the face and tried and walked away, well, I got smacked in the face. Right. I'm too old and don't need to get into fights anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to pull a gun out. Or the, the mythical, you know, teenager pulling out a gun and coming up with someone to take their truck, like I mentioned. Maybe that teenager, maybe, small chance, but maybe that teenager is just thinking in their head, please give me the keys, please give me the keys, please give me the keys, please give me the keys. And the second you decide to be, you know, a hero and you're drawing your gun, maybe you've now forced that kid to shoot you. So it's right, like, it's not it's not worth house, it with a car. I mean, you, I'm probably gonna use right. It's not worth it with a car. You have insurance. You get it back later. I mean, really, that, that's kind of a, a a strange place to draw the the red line with a weapon. I think. Yeah. So um, my family with my house that what you added there. Yeah, I probably I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a firearm. I'm gonna have the option to use lethal force. But if I'm for some reason able to get my family all into one room, and have the door closed and locked, and be sitting there facing the door, let them steal everything in my house. But. I'm going to be screaming on 911, so it's being recorded with my phone on speakerphone. Don't come in. I have a gun. I'll defend myself. I mean, I I was the whole special operations army guy that would clear rooms and clear houses and go into fights. I'm not anymore. 
And we hear just that, that police officer, that lady that went into the wrong house and shot and killed that guy. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that? Who? Well, she she did something. She was negligent, and he lost his life. Do you think 10 years in prison is a, is a good sentence or not? It's a very light sentence for murder, which is what I think they charged her with. But yeah. it's, a, it's a medium to medium high sentence for manslaughter, which is what I think she should have been charged with. Um, yeah, if you – so I believe she was drunk. Is that right? Yeah, I think so, that was right. I, I, a lot of people say that when you're drunk that you can't possibly have the, the evil intent. You're, you're drunk. You didn't mean to do it. Well, unfortunately, the way the law often looks at being drunk is you made the choice to be drunk. So you accept the consequences of your being drunk. And if, if she was uh, should have gotten a DUI and was driving and killed a family, um, I think she should go to jail. She took someone's life because of her actions. You know, Absolutely. I, I, so, um, yeah, so if I do that scenario where I sit at my house, now if that person opens the bedroom door, I clearly know they mean me harm. I'll have no problem um, defending myself and my family. So but, you would wait. You would wait till till they're actually at your room, and uh, then you would consider it. So it's it's hard to what if this to death, right? Uh, I said if my family was in the room with me, right? Or let's say um, my family wasn't there and it was just me. I I, I honestly I'll admit I can't honestly tell you what I'd do. I like to advise people that if they can though, and they are in a room and they can have the door closed and they can have nine one one on the phone, why in the world would I ever want? Someone, especially someone that doesn't know how to clear rooms and how to handle themselves, searching through a house, stay in their room and scream over and over. The police are coming. I have a gun. And if you're safe in your room, why, why would you go searching through a house trying to find one or five bad guys that are out there? Some of these home invasion tapes we see are five guys coming into a house all at once. Do you, I don't think that most people should be going out, you know, John Wick style through a dark living room and kitchen trying to find these five guys in their house. Yeah, you expose yourself, uh, definitely. So if you stay there and you're screaming over and over and it's on recording on 911, if that bedroom door gets breached, you know, the second someone starts hitting the bedroom door, you can shoot through a small bedroom door. And your chances of an accidental shooting are really, really small now because you've just been screaming over and over, don't come in, I have a gun, police are coming. That's not going to be an accidental you know, issue anymore. If I hear my wife screaming that I'm not going to be knocking on the bedroom door. I'm going to get away from the door and explain to her it's me. So yeah, I, I think that's actually a good strategy. I'll tell a lot of people that don't have any other uh, deal because at that point, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that your life's in danger. But until that point, if the person is just stealing your TV, maybe it could be argued your life's not in danger. I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, now there's a lot of, uh, uh, people on these forums uh, talking about what if what if the uh, government were to collapse and what if we were to have anarchy and what were, uh, we were to just uh, break into different bands and you would only have the choice of one weapon, what weapon would that be? Uh, probably an AR-15. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just because it is so much easier and more effective to fight with and use for a wide variety of things. Um, shotguns can be used for a lot of stuff too, I guess, but you only got a few rounds in a shotgun. Sometimes they're harder to operate. AR-15s are so, so common. You have parts and magazines and ammunition everywhere. It'd be very easy to find parts and ammunition for it. They're very light. I mean, a, a it's not hard to find a six pound, seven pound AR-15. Well, the pe- the things that people talk about are how the uh, AR-15s break down a lot. You have to maintain them a lot, and how shotguns, especially pump actions, are always very stable and reliable. I disagree with that. 
Okay. I, I think AR-15s, I'm not an AR-15 fan, by the way. I actually don't like AR-15s that much for my personal choice for shooting a rifle. Um, What's your main go-to? Uh, I love an ACR. I have a Remington ACR, but it's a very rare gun, but it's a piston-driven, AR-like kind of gun, but it's a piston-driven gun. I think AKs are a lot of fun. I mean, ARs are okay, but I don't think they're the mythical you know, perfect gun for everything. But if I only had one, it's a pretty good all around. So the problem is air 15s are way more reliable than people give them credit for. And AK 47s are way more accurate than people give them credit for in the military. I mean, we had air 15s and I didn't have my gun going down and jamming and breaking ever. Never. No. I mean, I maintain. Yeah. Just, it doesn't, I mean, I've, I've had malfunction. Sure. Um, but not any more or any less than any other type of gun. Um, they just a quality AR-15 is great. You know, this is like uh, the Russians would say against the F-16. You know, the Air Force uh, they walk the tarmac in the morning and make sure there's no debris on the runway because you know a little tiny piece of anything gets into an F-16 engine, it can ruin it. Well, that doesn't mean the F-16 is a bad plane. It just means no. That, you you know, have to maintain so. it. Yeah, you got. Um, I love the F-16. By the way, it's it's I think it's the go. best plane. Um, so. What about so the, the AR-15s that people buy on a consumer grade? Are they different than military issued ones? Are they a completely different beast? Um, they can be. It is very easy to get a firearm similar to what's used in the military. The biggest difference is typically a military firearm is either full auto or it's got a three round burst, whereas civilian uh, AR-15s are not. But as far as the actual guts, the parts that matter. Uh, they can be the same. A lot of civilian AR-15s are much cheaper and budget low-end, and a lot of AR-15s are nicer. I mean, my, the AR-15s that I own are of higher quality and are nicer than what I had in the military. Really? So, yeah, mil-spec doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. A lot of people think mil-spec is great, but mil-spec means, you know, sometimes the lowest bidder. So, <laughs> <laughs> and know. what do you think about bump stocks and uh, how they banned them? Do you think it was a good idea or a bad idea? I think bump stocks are about the stupidest tool and toy ever, but I love people's right to be stupid. <laughs> I don't think they should have been banned. Um, just like people are going after uh, flavored vape cartridges. I don't vape. I don't smoke. But I stand up for people's right to do what they want and have the government not intrude on them. So, yeah, I think they're stupid, but you want one, you should be able to have one. I'm very bothered by how they got banned because I think – there's a good argument that it was an unconstitutional banning of an item. You know, it wasn't done by an actual law. It was just done by rulemaking. And they redefined the definition of the term machine gun, which is a problem because the definition of a machine gun appears actually in federal law. And federal agencies don't get to change the law. They get to change regulations. They get to make rules that promulgate those laws. But they didn't change regulations nor change the law. They just wrote a letter and said, hey, uh, we think machine guns now mean, mean these. And in my opinion – a bump stock clearly falls outside the definition of a machine gun. And what do you think about the celebrities who often come out in movies where, where they have guns or in gunfights, and they often also have uh, security around them uh, who are armed, telling Americans that a guns uh, that we shouldn't have guns or no one should have a gun. They're very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hypocritical, isn't it? I mean, the, the same people that are against having a border wall also have fences around their houses to keep people out. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it other than it's it's fun to pick on as an inconsistency. It's uh, I think it shows an elitist attitude that says, well, of course, I'm I'm worthy of having firearms to protect me, but you're not worthy of having firearms to protect you. Um, I also don't like the argument. It's like, well, that's what the police are for. 
or why would you need a gun? Well, one, when seconds count, you know, the police are minutes away. Uh, but two is the reason police have guns is because they might have to use a firearm to uh, handle a very, very scary, dangerous person. Well, the problem is they respond to that very dangerous, scary person after they've already done something wrong. And you might be the person that they're doing the thing wrong to. So if it's if it's good for a cop to have a gun because they're going to encounter this person, then it sure is good for you to have the gun because you're the one that has to encounter this person way before the cops get there and you don't have backup. Hmm. That's a good point. Uh, switching gears here a little bit. Do you uh, do you camp, by the way? Do you go camping and hiking? I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you do that, do you, do you go armed? Do you think it's a good idea to go armed? Some people say, oh, just bring bear spray uh, for the bears, or, or is it a good idea to bring uh, a weapon? Uh, I might be an anomaly, but I think it's good to go armed everywhere you're legally allowed to. Always. Okay. Um, and so for a bear, if you were to be attacked by a bear, what, what weapon do you think would be the best for, for a bear? Biggest possible gun I could ever have in my hands at the moment, of course. So that's the problem, too, for... Uh, I think people talk about concealed carry. What's the best gun for this? What's yeah. the best gun for that? For home defense. My answer is the same. It's whatever gun you can afford and that you can safely and comfortably shoot. Um, if a bear is charging at me, I would I would love to have the matrix ability to just summon whatever gun I wanted to be in my hand. So, of course, I'd want the biggest, most powerful thing to stop the bear. But I have to counterbalance that with something that's practical that I can actually walk around with. You know, 99.9% of the time, I'm not going to be shooting a gun I'm carrying. I'm just going to be carrying it. So I'm going to want something comfortable, fairly lightweight, easy to carry, easy to maintain and use, easy to practice with and things like that. So I think any gun is better than having no gun. You know, any, any gun is better than a sharp stick. Now, how powerful should it be? Well, as powerful as you can comfortably shoot and, and use. Uh, and uh, for you, that would be? Well, on a day-to-day basis, I carry a 9mm because that's what I carry. That's what I'm carrying right now. Uh, would I choose a nine millimeter if I had the choice? If you told me a bear is coming to get you, you're going to carry your nine millimeter? No. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see your nine millimeter. It's probably a fancy one. Uh, it's a Sig 365. Oh wow, that's my favorite. Let me take the whole strap too, so we can pick it up. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. So I think it's a it's a small. It's easy to carry. It's how much are those, by the way? I think their MSRP is five and change, but you can find them just under five hundred bucks, about five hundred bucks. Not bad. Wow, such a small such a small gun with a with a nine millimeter. It's a very small gun, and it holds thirteen rounds of nine mil, which is phenomenal high capacity in such a tiny gun. That's pretty awesome. What what do you think about those uh, uh, those holsters that go in your pants? How they pull them out? Do you think those are good ideas or no? That's what this is, man. Okay. Perfect. So the belt side. So I I think that's the way you should carry a gun concealed. I think it's the most uh, stable, secure way to carry the firearm if you're going to conceal it. Get educated about firearms if you're not educated already. And even if you're not against firearms, but you're not sure if you're for firearms, go to a range and get a reputable instructor at a reputable place and take some lessons and then see see what the firearms are about. And do ask yourself some of the questions we talked about at the beginning of this, which is. Are you trying to stop gun violence or trying to stop all violence? Because if you want to stop gun violence, okay, maybe we can talk about banning guns. That'd be horrible, but that might be a solution. But if you want to stop all violence, if you're just as upset about rape and about stabbings and about uh, 
people being killed with hammers, which, by the way, more people get killed with hammers than they get killed with any type of rifle, let alone AR-15s. And knives. Exactly. Knives are five times as likely to be killed by. So if you're if you want to stop all those, well, then don't take away the best tool for the job. Uh, one of the things that keeps me the busiest now is Gun University. I try to give reviews of guns. I try to give uh, lessons and tips on, on, on topics. We're adding courses more and more every day. And one of the courses I'm probably going to move over from another company is just a 20-minute, extremely basic, I mean, not even good enough to satisfy anything except for it's better than nothing, free firearm safety course. You can just take online and it says, hey, here's the noisy end. Keep this point of the way from you. You know, Here's how you take out a magazine. Here's how you can do this and that. And anything you can do to help spread safe firearms use, I'd appreciate it. And so where can people find out more information about you? They, they can learn about me at ryankleckner.com or at gununiversity.com. Hey, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us today. It was a really great interview. Thanks for having me.